everyone to polk and kush it is friday december 8th 2023 and we are here live in the city of the fourth place in season tournament basketball team your new orleans pelicans we stayed up late we watched the game we're gonna get into all of it i am here with another fellow watcher of this game the dread man mr andrew polk we had to watch the game because it was the only one that we could see this season because it was on TNT <laughs> and not Bally's. So we were able to see it. I watched it on uh, my HBO Max. Yeah. Thing. You know you could do that? Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. It was cool until the Pelicans <laughs> lost by 49 points. <laughs> but I was glad I was able to see that. Truly a, uh, a unbelievably bad display of uh, pelicans basketball tonight we'll get into it for sure i went to uh fat harry's uptown to go watch it it was like yeah sports bar scene went with a couple friends wife wanted to go yeah. out <laughs> i was like i was like this will be great and uh from like the first minute they were down like 10 to 2 no one in the bar seemed to notice and or care but it was on it was on like there was also football on definitely more people were into the Steelers game than they were the Pelicans game. I mean, there were people there though, with theoretically. So uh, if things had gone well, might have been a good atmosphere. But good lord, uh, did did not go well. And so it was uh, has not been the best time to be a New Orleans sports fan. Leave some meat on the bone, Kush. We got a whole Pelican segment coming. We do, we do. We have. A Let's whole talk segment. about Fat Harry's. Your red face, uh -huh. your gin drunk. That's right. <laughs> a gin bucket. Uh, Eight dollars. You get into the gin bucket. I can't think of a worse place to watch a basketball game. <laughs> they have a lot of televisions. Uh, Our new sponsor, yeah, Fat exactly. Harry's. <laughs> they have a lot of. They have a lot of televisions. They have good wings. Uh, yeah. They have food. It's convenient for people who live uptown. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't have much. I used to go there in college a lot. Yeah. So I've got that going for me. Every time I've been there, it's been like a scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. Which I I think should be the title for this episode <laughs> regarding the Pelicans, to go back to that. Well, that's good. Yes. So I, wa I watched it here. Yeah. How was that? I had my phone in my hand most of the game. <laughs> I tweeted one thing about, oh, there's the first uh, LeBron flop of the game. And then I typed out several other things disparaging <laughs> to the Lakers and then deleted them. because so I was like, the Lakers fans are the are far and away the worst, the most active. Yes. And they're beating the ever living piss out of you. So. Yeah. So you, you don't have a lot of I had I had a four minute window. Yeah. To really shit on the Lakers. <laughs> and then I had to be like, yep. All right. It was like this game was two points not that long ago. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're just uh, really a, a bludgeoning. 
Uh, I did go to another basketball game this week, though. I went to, see the, I went to see the Privateers. Yes. Tuesday night, they beat Division Three Bellhaven. I saw uh, the the Poke and Kush landmark still in Coach Les's <laughs> office. He's still got it printed out up there. So we'll have to do another uh, episode from uh, from there this season. Um, I was maybe we could go to a Division Two game. <laughs> Are they going to play like North Dakota State? They play like Birmingham Southern, which I don't even know what level they're on. But yeah, it, I think they play. That's Dillard. just some guys. Yeah, it's just their guys from Birmingham. <laughs> you ever look at like really old football, college football schedules? They play like Michigan plays like the the Detroit YMCA yeah. and like you know <laughs> the Good Humor ice cream, <laughs> like you know like the the Chrysler auto dealers. You know, it's like uh, it, this is kind of what a lot of UNO schedule feels like sometimes. But undefeated at home. Yeah, that's right. And uh, in the Twitter photo, it, me and my son were the only people in the stands. And we got a very, uh, we got a glamour shot of me and my son. And he was the halftime show. He just ran with the basketball up and down the court. Oh, wow. For the entirety of halftime. Nobody said a word to him. That's so great. You can't get more family friendly than that. <laughs> Bring your kids to a UNO game. <laughs> they could literally play on the court at halftime. <laughs> they should advertise that at the game. I think we are advertising yeah, at the game. That's, yeah, I know. That's, uh, so, so if you ever have that going for you, what have you been up to? Well, uh, the greatest thing theme song in podcasting by mike weeby uh for this show i went and saw mike he played at the goat nice on uh tuesday i think it was this whole week the days have been completely wrong for me whatever day i thought it was was wrong yeah i went to the goat it's on saint bernard Ooh. and uh it was uh yell in the street night which no, everybody was fun. out celebrating um, but it was a lot of fun. The Riverboat Gamblers, uh, uh, they kicked off the show. And then this band called Dwarves, which is one of the guys from Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, cool. I'd never been to the Goat before. I'd like, never heard of it. It's a heavy metal bar. Wow. It kind of feels like you're drinking in a hot topic. Sweet. Without the lava lamps. <laughs> yeah, and... Or funny slogans. <laughs> World's best boss. <laughs> Can't sleep. Clowns will eat me. <laughs> uh, it was fun. Um, I had a good time. It was a place I would go back to. It was very clean. It was very nice. Uh, you know, I ran out of that place like uh, it was a hostage negotiation, <laughs> and they had just given the green light for me to be released. Yes. And then I dove into my car and just covered my <laughs> eyes as I sped towards the interstate. Uh, but I think if you're going to drive like a maniac, that's the place too. Yeah. So I'll catch very... you on a red light camera, though. Don't worry. Yeah. I had a very good time. You have been breaking the law. I have gotten five, six speed zone cameras mm -hmm. now, and then I got one red light camera. For, and all of the speed zone cameras, it says I'm doing 24 miles an hour. And then the uh, red light camera I got for not appropriately stopping. Like, it was red, and I turned right, but I guess I didn't stop for long enough before I turned. I was like, this is ridiculous. I've gotten that before. It was like $150. But you're not paying it. I'm not going to pay it. No. Why would I pay Your it? Your wife's going to pay it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a GoFundMe <laughs> so that you all can pay it. I just Well, we got to sell some t-shirts and they can go to the Cush Legal Fund. That's right. Buy a t-shirt. Polkandcush@gmail.com. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt. They've been sitting in Polk's closet for a long time. They've made the move. No, they haven't. They were just printed for Christmas. These are brand new shirts. <laughs> These are Christmas shirts. 
Well, we, we don't sell it. We're agnostic, so we don't have. There's yeah. no Christmas on them, but yes. Uh, please buy a shirt. Uh, you know how fast you were going? Twenty four. What was the speed limit? Twenty for a school zone. Okay. How can they even tell? I if you're looking at your speedometer, it's impossible to tell the difference between twenty two you know, and twenty four. You don't have a digital. Yeah, but it doesn't always display the speed, right? Like sometimes it says other things, like your car needs. Air pressure. Your <laughs> engine's about to explode. I don't think anybody listening to this show would be surprised that your car is filled with messages <laughs> saying that you need to do stuff to it. Like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> It'll take care of itself. That's a problem for George to deal with. <laughs> Somebody else will figure this out. <laughs> Somebody will do this for me, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I owe the city a lot of money. I don't know. Somebody said, though, if you just contest them, that it's, you know, they don't show up. Yeah, because but I've already that there's long since gone. I've like yeah. six of these have come by. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, if you go to court to contest it, the cop who would wrote the ticket has quit the force yeah. by the time the court date <laughs> yes. arrives. So there will be no contest. Yes. And they'll let you go or yeah. they could uh, arrest you for other things. Yeah, there's any any, um, any number of things I could get arrested for. But yeah, the, I I Said it because they, uh, I was driving down Jackson and a little light went off. And I was like, what is going on? It was 2.47. I was like, who's getting out of school at 2.47? What are we doing here? Special ed. Oh, my God. Basketball I hate this team. goddamn place. This place sometimes. Although I've had a lovely week in New Orleans. Yeah. I had a friend come in from out of town, which is a great excuse to like, oh, there's fun things to do here. If you just, you know, remember that there's fun things to do here. Yeah. Went to the Maple Leaf, went, walked around Magazine Street for a while, did the whole thing. I was like, oh, this city is lovely. It ran really a, is. Ran a couple of red lights. Yeah. And it was like, oh, and now, sorry if you crossed into Orleans Parish, you owe us $485. Or <laughs> we're going to boot your car. Like, I guess I'll just sell the car. I don't know. <laughs> get a new car. I mean, I know that you can get, you can just take the license plate off and you'll be fine. Then a lot of people do that. Tickets, right? Yeah. A lot of people do that when they know they're going to drive into the city. They just take the license plate off. How sad is that? That's where we've gotten. I've seen people, I was eating at, uh, I think it was Antoine's and somebody pulled up, got out with a screwdriver, took their license plate <laughs> off and then went to work. I was like, "This is that's just a good idea. It is a good idea. That's smart. And then you put the piece of mail over the VIN number in the window. Uh-huh. I guess that's it. Yeah, I, I, you probably don't even have to do that. I mean, I don't have to worry about any of this riding the bus, but <laughs> other people. How long would it take you to ride the bus from here to the French Quarter? I looked it up. Uh-huh. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, my God. The hardest part is I would have to walk to airline to get on the bus. And then stand there for a long time. Yeah, with yeah. a gun. <laughs> In your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it would probably chip a tooth or something. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't have said... I. People can now calculate my whereabouts yeah, by no. what I said. <laughs> yes, the hour twenty minutes. Everybody's Google mapping, a yeah. re- <laughs> reverse Google mapping, like a reverse image <laughs> search. You know, oh man. Well, it's uh, 
Have you gone to see Napoleon late yet? I have not seen Napoleon. Okay. I saw Dream Sequence with Nicolas Cage. How was that? It was great. It's an A twenty four movie. I know they're hit or miss. This one was good. What does that mean? What does A twenty four mean? It's a production company oh. that does, you know, movies that are usually Who doesn't love the Galaxy <laughs> Indie movie? It sounds great. <laughs> they did uh, Uncut Gems. Oh, okay. They did The Witch. They did Hereditary. They did uh the one the Flout Midsummer. That was terrible i <laughs> yes so well that's good i put that on the list i gotta find things to do during nicholas Christmas Ca- cage is a man who starts randomly appearing in people's dreams around the world oh well got that right yes yes he's been in my dreams many many times <laughs> i love i love the, the cage man i mean what else are you gonna see you're gonna see like one of the christmas horror movies that yeah. are out like jack frost but he has a gun <laughs> There's a lot of shit out there right now, like sleigh bells. <laughs> There's a whole Christmas horror genre, and it plays in like Kenner with Bollywood movies. I saw the holdovers. Did you see that? Yeah, that was, was good. Called, that was good. Yeah, like a glimpse into the future for both of us. <laughs> Just cantankerous old man yells at clouds. Yeah. Oh, I meant quitting drinking. And oh yeah. Dating a janitor. <laughs> But yeah, that one too. I liked that. That was good. It was very good. I saw it. It's in- weird to see movies about people now. Like they're just about people. That aren't superheroes. Well, just like nothing is going on that like, you know, there's no explosions, there's no car chases, there's no people flying. It's just like <laughs> five humans talking about how sad they are. And you're like, this is weird. Like, I don't know what what's, I don't know what to do with this. Like, it's two hours and fifteen minutes of just people talking to each other, and it's very refreshing because it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So I thought that was nice. Yeah, it's not Transformers 3D. <laughs> Yeah, which is really what I'm looking for most of the time at the, at the cinema. The last time you went to see a film, it had Vin Diesel starring in it. All the triple X movies are pretty much where I'm going with uh, with my time. Yeah, man. Well, all of that pales in comparison to the hot action we got tonight in Las Vegas. Uh, the Pelicans lost. I'm not going to look up the score. It, it was, was 39. It was like 130-something to 89, I think, was the final Pelicans got their doors blown off. Uh, a very uh, ending the in-season tournament with a whimper after a really fun couple of games where they not only came back from an 0-1 start in the tournament, uh, then they make it kind of at the very last minute. Then they have a comeback win against the Sacramento Kings, which was very stirring in a good environment. And then this was like your worst nightmare of an extra regular season loss against the Lakers, who is your arch enemy, and they just beat the ever-living shit out of you for 48 minutes. Yeah, like sometimes, you know, on the show, I'll think, I don't know if I really care about the Pelicans that much. And then they play a team like the Warriors or the Lakers, and I'm like, I'm the number one Pelicans (laughs) fan in the world right now. I hate this other team. So there's nothing worse than... One, a Lakers game in Las Vegas where it's just a Lakers home game with yeah. the worst people in the world. Prime time. It's a game that people can actually see because mm-hmm. it's not on Bally's. And then you have to listen to Candace Owens and Doc Rivers just suck Candace and Candace Owens, huh? <laughs> I mean, Candace Parker. That'd be a different kind of broadcast. <laughs> I was looking at my poster of her, so... <laughs> 
Yeah, and you just listen to them. Yeah, just just, just go slobber on the Lakers. For, yeah, yeah, I know. And, and and why not? They're up by fifty points. Yeah. You know, like I would do the same thing if I was broadcasting. It was the game. it was like an NBA Jam moment when LeBron uh, had the eleven points in a row. Yeah, all him. I mean, that third three was kind of like, all right. Yeah, we get it. I see where this is going. And then everybody's just doing the same old, wow, this guy's the oldest man in the world, yeah. and he can still play basketball. Yeah. It's really annoying how good he still is at this age. Yeah. It's really frustrating that this is still At my on. age. Yeah, he's our <laughs> age. I can't get out of bed. I, uh, like, pee in the middle of the night like a like Wilford Brimley. Like what? I, I, <laughs> I can't like I could barely move and this guy is my exact same age, graduated high school the same year as me, and is uh dominating the NBA and like making Zion Williamson look like uh, a child. Yeah, but we're dominating the pod sphere. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, it was uh it was everything that you could have feared uh as a Pelicans fan. The game does count toward the regular season, so that's an additional bummer. Uh so I did a friend of the show, I saw at dinner, uh Bradford Sutherland, shout out. He was uh at dinner and he was screaming violently at me that the Pelicans need to tank the uh regular season tournament because it was going to be too many games too much wear and tear in the team the truth is that the team ended up not playing any extra games because they did not make the championship so everybody who lost had to play the same amount of games so that's why you're gonna end up with everybody's gonna end up with 82 regular season games and that's how many games the pelicans will play but it is definitely a case where like if you look back at the end of the season had you lost had you know for example the rockets beaten the mavericks or something like that you probably would have had two easier games this week yeah. than you would have had going on the road against the kings and then getting annihilated by the lakers who you're not going to play i think five times a season so there is a disadvantage there i think the fact they're not going to have to play another game in vegas that doesn't count at all <laughs> is probably for the best in some ways right like yeah. what what really would have been the point I mean, I guess they would have hung a banner and people would have said it was cool. I mean, LeBron's a big dork for caring about this tournament, right? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Now that the Pelicans have lost it, who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're a real loser if you care about this thing. I mean, LeBron doesn't care about it. LeBron is the face of the NBA, so he has to pretend like it's really awesome. I mean, another thing that my favorite commentator, Candace Owen, said <laughs> was like, even LeBron was talking about the 500,000 because that's how billionaires stay billionaires. Oh, it's like, do you God. know what that means to a billionaire? It means oh, nothing. He's God. been told to say this by the NBA and he's going to act like it's really it means a lot to like Jose Alvarado. It means yeah. nothing to LeBron. LeBron doesn't know where he is. He was playing very hard. Yes. And he was really bothering me, the level of intensity at which he played at. Because yes. I just wanted to call him a dork. Yeah. Because you shouldn't care. That's what I would like to see if I was... He doesn't care about the tournament or the money. He cares about embarrassing the team Sure, that is... I guess, the rival of the Lakers now. Well, one of, like, the 17 rivals they have. But, yeah, I don't know. He definitely played very hard. He was extremely locked in, and I would be surprised if they don't beat the Pacers uh, to win this tournament. Um, But, you know, one extra game on LeBron's legs, so we got that going for us, I suppose. Uh, It was a... 
It was the exact antithesis of the Kings game on Monday night, which was a very inspiring effort. They fell behind early mm-hmm. in that game. They came back. They used their bench. Everybody was sort of locked in, and you could feel the energy and intensity of the game make the Pelicans play better. You could watch like the the that the uh, slightly bigger stage and a more impressive environment was making them perform. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's a lot been a lot of sleepy games this season where this team has just kind of uh, zombied their way through long periods and lost in games they definitely should not have lost. That's at home on the road. But I mean they've just done a lot this season already. That was the opposite. It was a a great game for them a a really nice moment and then this took that moment and crushed it into a thousand pieces (laughs) because this was the exact same scenario of here's a bigger stage it's a really cool audience all of the nba media is there it is a a pretty huge deal uh probably the probably the most media attended game the pelicans have had since zion's very first game and they just got just crapped all over themselves yeah and really embarrassed themselves on that stage and never fought back once things got tough they did not fight back at all and uh and they let it just get completely away from them and that i i think is uh disappointing if nothing else yeah well it was interesting to see how the pelicans reacted to i mean i guess comparatively to a game seven or some situation like yeah, that a do or die they yeah. were definitely on the road and i'm sure it's nerve-wracking like looking around and seeing like you know dr j on the front row and stuff yeah. like that like these young guys the pelicans played very well for the first quarter and a half yeah and, then, and even not very well. They kept up. They got lucky. They yeah. there were a lot of second chances and a lot of shots were falling that did not fall for the rest of the game. Yeah. The Lakers started hot and then when LeBron sat down, the Pelicans caught up. Yeah. And then he came back in and it was game over after that. Yeah. It was uh <clears throat> it was a bad no, night. Man. Nobody could do anything about LeBron and everybody could do something about Zion. Yeah, which is and that was a very glaring Moment. And that's two games in a row now where Zion really has not impacted the game at all. And do you think he got to Vegas early and was? <laughs> I mean, if anybody is surrounded by strippers right now, we know who it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he looked tired out there. He looks slow. He always looks a little tired on defense. Uh, and and he is. He he gets energy by scoring. Yeah. And he had a, a little spurt where things looked okay, but for the most part, if defenses are set up to stop him which is you know just basically backing up all the way to the rim and you know forming a ring around it they're not going to do anything i mean he's he's going to lose attention and he does not play defense hard he does not get back he's bad in transition there's a lot of things he does not do well and i i respect and love zion because i embrace his flaws but his flaws are many uh and he's got a, a lot of problems and when you see them play in an environment like that and in a, against a team like that that has ratcheted up the intensity to a playoff yeah. level to see how and this is the first time we've ever seen him in a game like that and to see how much he was basically blown off the floor uh and how just worthless his contribution was is troubling uh and and I think it, it gives you pause as to like well 
if this is the Zion you have, I don't think this is the <laughs> tandem that's going to take you to the next level. Yeah. Uh, and that's been the question all along, and it seems pretty obvious at this point that, like, I, they, they're they going to win some regular season games. I think they'll probably make the playoffs, but they're not going to do much once they get there unless something drastically changes on this team. Yeah, it was concerning to just see how prepared and focused the Lakers look. I mean, the Lakers are one of the worst, or at least the – lowest percentage three-point teams in the game, yeah. and they were just mopping the floor. I mean, I, I feel like the Lakers got some lucky breaks, but there was just no stepping up from the Pelicans. C.J. McCollum was trying to step up. Yeah. I think Trey Murphy was the high scorer tonight, secretly yeah. somehow. Yeah, But it was just... <clears throat> I didn't expect Valanchunas to do much. He doesn't whenever there's a competent big. Yeah. And it seems like Zion can join join in that as well now, to some degree. To some degree, for sure. And and uh, clearly, when a defense is designed to stop him, it is really challenging for him because he only has one move. He's been in the league for five years now. It's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. still Zion does what Zion does. And for a time, that was completely unstoppable. Now it's not. And even with these other guys around him, it doesn't seem to be changing much. And so this is a big period in his career uh, as we go through the next few weeks of like, is he going to be a guy that consistently can score 30 points and do it shooting 70%, which we saw for periods. But I think now you're seeing a different strategy around him. And defensively, the Lakers just literally went down their throats over and over and over again, attacking the paint. Uh, going right at the rim. I think their first like 15 points were all right at the rim. They were getting calls uh, because they were so aggressive and they just kept attacking New Orleans, which had no, I mean, they had nothing there to stop them. They have no rim protection. There's no one they can bring in to help protect the rim. Uh, there's no one who's like big and athletic that they can put in. Like they've got a, a real problem again. And that matchup is a nightmare. Yeah. Because when LeBron gets past the first guy, which guess what? He's getting past the first guy. There is no one there who can slow him down. And you got to score 125 points to keep up. And they didn't come close to scoring yeah. 125 points. I mean, they started off with Herb on LeBron and then they switched to Ingram. And then yeah. it was just a rotating cast after that. And it just. Didn't matter. I Herb, mean, Herb got a foul six seconds into the game. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, he's got, if he plays, if he covers LeBron, he's going to foul out. Yeah, and the I like Herb Jones. Everyone likes Herb Jones. I think Herb Jones. The idea that he's like this, he can stop anybody. Just throw him on the best. That's just not who he is. He's good, and he, he and in a average regular season game, he can really do a great job of being versatile defensively, and there's he impacts the game in a lot of ways. But yeah, LeBron has the ball. He's just not going to stop LeBron James. You're not going to stop Steph Curry. Like, there's just guys who you are not going to stop in yeah. this league. Well, nobody. No stops one. Can, that's what I'm guys, saying. Yeah. No one stops him. So it doesn't matter what individual defender you have on them. You need to have two to three layers of a defense mm-hmm. to be able to slow the guy down. There's no one at the rim who can do anything to to even slow down Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and so. Uh, I think this was, if nothing else, a telling experience for David Griffin uh, as he tries to put together the rest of this team for the rest of the season. Uh, I think uh, the Lakers are big dorks for wanting to win this tournament because who cares? They're going to hang a banner. They have like 18 NBA championships. Are they going to hang a NBA? Is there a confirmed banner for the in-season? I mean, they, not until you make one. Yeah. The Pelicans certainly would have. They would have sold T-shirts. They would have done the whole <laughs> thing. The Lakers, I can't imagine... 
their fans care about this at all. I think that their fans care a lot about it because the Lakers have stunk for a while now. I get they won Off the championship two years ago. Well, before that they stunk. That's true for a very long time. But even then, it's like it's so it just seems beneath them to care about this. Yeah, I don't know what's beneath. It's like Lakers the fans. Independence Bowl. It's like carrying your coach <laughs> off Whoa, the field no. in the Independence Bowl. <laughs> you won the Poulon Weed Eater Independence Bowl. <laughs> and you played all your starters, you know, the whole game. You know, it's like, yeah, it's just weird. I, I, did, I wasn't impressed with Zion's uh, defeated attitude. Whenever LeBron flopped a little bit and took that first charge, yeah. Zion just seemed like he wanted to Charlie Brown out of the arena. Yeah. And I miss the LeBron at the beginning of the season who was mad. And he was, like, mad at New Orleans. Yeah. Like, why? I, I would have loved to have seen Zion get mad tonight, but he didn't do anything. I know. He, he looked completely waxed. He was just gassed the whole time. Yeah, it was very odd. It, I doesn't, it didn't feel like anybody really affected the game for the Pelicans. So it was a tough night, a long night, a, uh, a, a you know, Bad way to end what had been a very fun tournament for them. The good news is they don't have to put as much miles on their legs. There's no extra game. Yeah. Uh, so they will uh, resume the regular season next week and uh, and get themselves back together. But uh, in the meantime, we have much more uplifting things to talk about. The Saints. Uh, so we'll get to that right after. Uh, and oh, I have a lot of comments about Mickey Loomis. A lot of them. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Need help surviving the holidays? Get fizzy and festive with Crescent 9 THC Seltzer. Providing soothing, relaxing effects, these deliciously refreshing THC drinks can elevate your holiday celebrations. Perfect for holiday festivities, Crescent 9 Ginger Lemonade THC Seltzer is sweet with warm notes of ginger and infused with 5 milligrams of THC. Providing a tropical vacation in a can, Crescent 9 Tropical THC Seltzer has 6 milligrams THC and a splash of caffeine for uplifting and euphoric effects. For heavy-duty holiday relaxation, sip Crescent 9 High Potency THC Seltzer, which contains a whopping 50 milligrams THC per can. Who, baby, do you want to enjoy your holidays? You've got three very wonderful options here. I put it to the test. I put it to the test this Thanksgiving. How'd it go? Did you see Santa Claus? I saw Mickey, Goofy, <laughs> Donald, and that was just at the sit-go. <laughs> it's great stuff, man. It's relaxing. It's easy to find now. Yeah. Back in my day, if you wanted to experience a pleasure along these lines, you had to go to a trailer park on the outskirts of town, <laughs> bang on a door, someone with a pet raccoon would answer, Yes, and then you'd go in his house and play Guitar Hero. <laughs> you don't have to do that anymore. We got it so good. We've got it so good in this life. Because Crescent 9 THC seltzer is made up of hemp-derived cannabinoids and abides by federal regulations it's federally legal and available for it's adults. what it's legal it's federally legal federally legal Feder federally what did i not say that <laughs> and available for adults from coast to coast it's also third-party lab tested officially registered with the louisiana department of health you can order it at CrescentCanada.com, or you can purchase it from numerous New Orleans locations, including Rouse's, Conseco's, Zapardo's, Simply Cannabis, 
Tipitinas, and so many more. You must be 21 or older to purchase or consume THC products. Consult with your doctor before using any cannabis product if you have a medical condition or if you are taking medication. It is very, very good stuff. You will enjoy it very much. I don't really need so many words to tell you, but you can really, you'll love it. Just trust us. That is a sponsor. All right. So you're after Mickey. I mean, <clears throat> did you read the comment? I'm done with the Saints. I'm not reading anything. Did you read this comment, though? Did Mickey Loomis comment on your Twitter? No, but he literally said. So for those who didn't see the Saints lost newsflash, uh, they had about thirty five thousand Lions fans in the building. It seems like a lot. And especially when they were up 21 to nothing, six seconds into the game, uh, it felt like even more. Uh, my son was very confused. He kept thinking that the Saints had scored. He's like, starts jumping up and down. I was like, no, that was the other team. <laughs> I was like, I understand it is loud, but it is not our team. Um, and so it was, it was ugly. And the Saints have always, uh, as long as I have been around them, like when I was covering the Pelicans a lot and I would see those people, they hate the visiting fans coming in and like taking over the say the 49ers did a few years ago. The Broncos did it at some point every now and again, you just get a, a game where it's like not just some, but like tons of fans in their team. This was as much as I'd ever seen, particularly in the lower bowl. And, uh, and the reasons are obvious. Uh, everyone hates this team. They are completely unlikable in every way, shape or form. And Mickey Loomis was asked about it and gave one of the, Dumbest quotes I've ever heard in my life. Uh, quote, we're used to having a large number of Saints fans in some of our away games. We're not used to having a volume of visiting fans at our game. So I would say, look, our stadium sold out on a season basis. It's disappointing to have that many tickets that are resold. And, you know, given to visiting fans. But I understand the economics of it. I understand season tickets are expensive and you can't go to every game. So you're going to pick and choose to sell some. But I was a little caught off guard by the volume in the lower bowl. That was unusual. And look, I understand it, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. Hey, man, it has nothing to do with economics. It has nothing to do with any of that other. They hate your fucking team. They don't want to go watch them play. Everyone would rather get $4 back than have to go sit in the Superdome for three hours and watch your $150 million quarterback get his ass kicked every game. No one wants to watch this team. Everyone hates them. You built them up to be a playoff team that's supposed to be contending. They're not anywhere close. They're one of the worst teams in the entire league. They have the, a dumbass as head coach who is the, a vanilla wafer in, uh, in a sweatsuit with his tits out. He stinks. Everyone stinks. No one, nothing about this team. It's not getting better. They're not young. They're old and they suck and they're miserable and everything about this. And your answer to that is, well, I guess they needed some money. <laughs> I guess our fans just needed some money. It was like, yeah, man, you know what they could use the money for? A $15 beer, you know? <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke that that's the answer. That's that an absurd take. It is wild. Now, is money part of it that they probably, this is probably going to be the easiest game to sell this season? Sure. Maybe, yeah. But you know what would have replaced those seats? 
had the Lions fans not been there. A winning Saints team. Well, I'm just saying if if, if so this week, for example, the Panthers are here. They will bring no fans. Yeah. Do you know what's going to be there instead? An empty chair. No, nothing will be there. It's not as if it's going to be full just because they're not selling them. to. Uh, it is such a dense, out-of-touch, arrogant, and it is so revealing of this franchise and who they think they are versus who everyone else in the world thinks that they are. They are a middling-to-shit franchise that was held up by one player for an incredibly long period of time into respectability, and that guy has been gone for three full seasons, none of which you will make the playoffs, and you cannot get past the idea that you are not some exceptional franchise anymore, and your fans don't have any patience for it anymore because they've sat through three years of horrible offensive football. Sorry, continue. Now, do you think Mickey Loomis is representative of the Saints as a whole and the group thinking, or is he just an out-of-touch rich guy that's saying, oh, the poor people with season tickets have to sell them, and this is the game they chose? He's he's out of touch with reality, clearly. Of course. That, I think that is 100% the mindset that is occurring in the walls it, of It seems to be infecting everybody. Well, that is the mindset of the C-suite at the Saints. Mm-hmm. They don't think there is a problem. That's why nothing has changed. He's still running the team. I feel like most teams under 500 in the NFL have made some change. Yeah. At least firing one person, changing out one player. Yeah. Has anything changed for the Saints that I'm not thinking of? No. I have never experienced the way Derek Carr was treated in that game. First of all... The first sign that they were out of touch was that they announced the offensive starters, you know, like the individually announced the offensive yeah. starters before the game. And I knew the second they did that, I was like, oh, they're going to. I turned to the guy next to me. I go, they're going to boo Derek Carr. <laughs> and sure enough, they waited until he was like the second to last guy, like Derek Carr. Boo! <laughs> and they cheered everybody else, you know, but they booed the hell out of him. And then he threw an interception on his, the first play of the game. He missed a wide open receiver who he, he, uh, everyone in the stadium could see. Half the field was not covered as A.T. Perry was running alone. And he checked it down, was all bounced off his tight end's hands, not his fault, and was intercepted. And immediately the game was pretty much over. It certainly felt like it. And then every time Taysom Hill, and I don't know if you could tell on television, every time Taysom Hill came in, they would cheer. And every time Derek Carr came back in, they would boo. Oh, you could tell. Yeah, it was very loud. And there weren't that many Saints fans at the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was essentially a half stadium of Saints fans. And they were booing the hell out of Derek Carr every time he got a chance. They're so People are fed up with this team. They just want to send the If they could have booed the head coach, they would yeah if they would ever have put him on the jumbotron and be like hi i'm dennis allen you should go shop at rouse's because you're an idiot just like me like people would have booted out of the stadium but they can't do that so instead they have to boo the quarterback and it's a lot easier when he's coming in and out of the game yeah so this was them this was saints fans in their only real attempt all they can do to send the message that we don't like this team, we don't like the direction of the franchise, we don't trust the direction of the franchise, and things need to be shaken up. And the message that Mickey Loomis took from that was, well, I guess our fans are poor. 
And the message Dennis Allen took from it was, well, we got to play better. Yeah, just uh, how many times? How many times can you say we we have to play better? Yeah, it never stops. It doesn't. It's not even an excuse. It's like a hey, 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 don't worry about it. Yeah. We're, we're just gonna we're just gonna get through this season, and then we'll see what happens. Because all of you yeah. are like a goldfish going around the bowl. You're gonna forget, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna go right back to well, maybe I know those are some good names. Division stinks, you know. Maybe we'll give it another shot. That's exactly what they are planning on happening. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it will if they have any guts at all for this team, which they might. They'll win three out of their last four. This the schedule is still very bad. Yes, the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. They come here this week. The Buccaneers are one of the five worst teams in the NFL. They go there. And then the Falcons are here. They're horrendous, too. There's not good teams. No. And if you win those, including beating the Falcons, you're probably going to be a 50-50 chance of winning the division. And that's pathetic. But it's And I think the Rams are in there, too, at some point. But it's like, it's just bad, man. And no one, no one cares anymore. If they win this division, I don't think anyone will be excited by it because they have shown so clearly who they are which is a big group of losers with no future and it is impossible to enjoy i saw uh an article on i think it was wwl by one of their sports writers and the headline was if the saints don't make the playoffs they should consider some coaching changes oh my god like playoffs i know they could win the Super Bowl and they should still <laughs> fire Dennis Allen. Like you could chalk that up to luck or the other teams getting food poisoning. Some kind of like mafia connection and gambling. I I couldn't believe that I was seeing that. It's it, that is another thing is the Saints media is also very out of touch with how the fans feel. They just are. And I think they're starting to sense a little bit of the frustration. But, yeah, I heard a reporter on the news the other day be like, well, the Saints are saying all the right things. That's, you know, that should be comforting. They're saying all the right things. Like, no, they're not. The only person who said anything that made any sense the whole season is Alvin Kamara when he was like, we have to stop saying that things are okay. If they're I wanna, not okay. If I want to hear somebody say comforting things, I'm going to listen to John Mayer. Yeah. I, d- I don't want the football team... <laughs> I'm gonna let him coo me to sleep. I'm not. I don't want to hear this shit from anyone it's affiliated. Like they're saying all the right stuff. They also gave themselves a nice pat yeah, on the back for not quitting. I liked that. When like, when do men say all the right stuff? It's when they're trying to have sex with something. <laughs> the Saints are saying all the right stuff because they are effing you and the B. <laughs> It, it was incre- they they really were just like patting themselves on the back that they didn't let a twenty one nothing like lead turn into a fifty point loss. Yeah, there was like, a lot of heart. I know it's like we played really hard. We didn't quit. It was Who like, scored those three touchdowns? By yeah. the way, <laughs> was it Derek Carr? Oh no, it was Alvin Kamara on two of them rushing yeah. touchdowns and Taysom Hill. Yeah, Derek Carr not really involved. And then he got destroyed and like the monster that Did he is. He? Like the monster that he is, he is risen up again, and he's practicing, and he's probably going to start again this week, and I can't wait to lustily boo him yet again. Uh, I, and then there's just, 
it's so frustrating that the message that got through more than anything with Derek Carr, more than anything else, that Mickey Loomis sat in that stadium. I assume he was at the game. I don't know. I don't know if he goes to football games anymore. He clearly is bad at picking football players at this point. But how you could have sat in that stadium and not figure out exactly what the people were trying to tell you is beyond comprehension. The, the level of obtuse and out of touch that you have to be to just whiff the message that was being sent to you extremely loudly and for three full hours is incredible. And, uh, and that's who this team is, though. They are convinced that if they just kind of drag you along, they're the Saints. They're going to figure it out. Don't you worry. We're sold out for the season. Don't, don't. We got great fans. We got a great team. We're a great organization. We're stable. We've got stability. They, they flaunt stability as if that's a good thing. If you are a stable piece of shit, you're still a piece of shit. Like, there's nothing about this that is good. What are you keeping stability for? What is the purpose of all of this? Is the best case scenario, which we have said over and over and over again, the best case scenario is you win a bunch of these games at the end of the season. You creep into the playoffs as the seven seed and are a 15 to 20 point underdog at home in front of 50,000 Cowboys fans. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, what happened tonight with the Pelicans will happen with the Saints. Yes. If they make the playoffs. Yes. It'll be a national stage of getting absolutely embarrassing. And then after this thing, they go, man, we really fought really hard this season. And we, we, you know, we crawled our way, clawed our way back into the playoffs after a tough start. Be like, yeah, because the division is still horrible. But even as bad as this division is, as bad as this team is, they're still in it because they, like, no one's run away. Yeah. But I, they're still losing these games. I to, don't want to hear about Derek Carr being tough. Like, yeah, I guess he's gotten up. He's danced with concussions and made it to the other side. But it doesn't matter no. if you're a terrible quarterback. Yeah. When he's healthy, he's bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Showing up is half the battle at most stuff. Yeah. But not football. Not football. No, not professional quarterback. Uh, if you're not feeling good, don't play. There is no reason not to play Jameis. Yeah, and Jameis stinks too, okay? But he would score some points. It would be interesting. I want to see what Jameis does. Is he going to throw it 70 yards <laughs> and, and to somebody you've never heard of and score 14 points in 30 seconds? Or is he going to have an interception on his first pass? The real answer is to play Taysom, right? I guess so. Wouldn't that be better than either of these is just make Taysom the quarterback and see what happens? Yeah. He'll probably get hurt. He'll probably fumble three to four times. Whatever. Whatever. None of it matters. None of this matters. We should be cheering for them to lose at this point, but I'm not going to because I can't do that. And they're going to beat the Panthers on Sunday. And then we're going to be roped into this like, oh, they're only one game back. I don't know. But, yeah, I, the, the media here, I, I saw uh, other other people be like, oh, I don't know. If they if they win a, a couple games to finish the season, I don't think you could fire Dennis Allen. It's like, you should fire Dennis Allen out to the sun. Like, you, he shouldn't be, he should be expelled from the city. You know, they should like have. It should be like the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> oh, yes. Ringing the bell and he's nude. Like a Viking funeral. They push him yeah. out to sea. Like, he should be 
Nobody wants this guy to be the coach except for like maybe his own family. I'm sure I'm even sure. they take the buyout at this point. <laughs> He's awful. Maybe they could bring back tarring and feathering. <laughs> and, and like losing the Lions isn't that big a deal. It's just like the, all everything they say is so infuriating and that they lose and just like find a way to lose well they had heart yeah to to lose in a way to spin it that things are getting better and it's like guys it's mid december this is who you are you're a bunch of losers you you drop all these games like you got lucky early in the season you pulled out a couple close ones and now you can't and that's fine cuz you're bad and we all knew you were going to be bad we just thought you'd win against other bad teams but you're also losing those so I don't know, man. I'm uh, I if Mickey Lewis gets to talk again and says anything of that nature, um, I really think I'm just gonna go crazy. Yeah, I think my head might actually explode. So, are you gonna finish out the season? Yeah, no, I'll keep watching. You're gonna go to what the do games? I to? Yeah, I might. My four year old likes to go. Yeah, so I'll go. I'm not gonna like it, but I'm gonna be there. I'll have, you know, a $7 water and a $11 popcorn, and I'll sit there and boo my heart out, <laughs> and it'll be fun. It's therapeutic. It's great. He plays in the hallway. Everything's fine. That's... The tickets are purchased, and I'm not poor, so I don't have to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mickey? Um, yeah, man. Oh, joke. Well, on that note... Other things are going great. So we'll stick around for a little bit of local breakdown. It's the Odo. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. Well, you just said it. You're rich. Um, I am. <laughs> I might technically be rich for New Orleans currently. I don't know what the, what the household the median, income is. Yeah. Basically, I can order whatever I want at any fast food place I go to. <laughs> that's high. That's 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 living right there. And last night, I wanted to watch a show on uh, Paramount, and I subscribed to it. Woo, I didn't. Baby. I didn't ask the family. Didn't have to get a Venmo from Dad. I just clicked subscribe. Mm. But I am not um, a lottery winner. Mm. Uh, but somebody in New Orleans is. A ticket was sold, a winning Powerball ticket for $1.9 million, just a little more than we get per season on Polk and Kush. <laughs> It was sold at the Winn-Dixie at 401 North Carrollton Avenue. It's going to expire February 26th, and no one has claimed it. Theories on what happened. Uh, flushed down the toilet. Uh, the ticket was carjacked unknowingly. <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of... I, I think that's exactly where that murder took place. So, yeah, it could that's be possible. That's true. Um, that's a hotbed of activity over yeah, there. Yeah, it fell out of someone's pocket. I don't know. My guess is that they haven't claimed it by now. That ticket is gone. I'm thinking it's a grocery store, so it's probably not 
if you go to a gas station, if you get a gas station lottery ticket, you might be a crackhead, you might be homeless, yeah, you might be a crazy person. I feel like at Win Dixie, you're more, you're probably just an old lady, and you know they sell the liquor and the lottery tickets at the same weird mm-hmm. shelf across the way for no reason. Yes, so maybe an old lady got it and she just died. <laughs> So if you have an elderly relative that is recently deceased, they went to that Winn-Dixie, you got to like go through their Dean Koontz books and see if there's a bookmark in there worth $2 million. Oh, man. That's awesome. What would be worse, having the, the $2 million ticket and losing it or having the... $2 million ticket and not knowing you lost it. Yeah. Like not knowing it's the winning ticket, just forgetting about it. If you had it yeah. and you knew that you had it and you couldn't find it, it would be... Have you ever seen The Conversation with Gene Hackman? No. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks there's a recorder in his house and okay. he goes mad destroying the house trying to find it. Mm. That's the end of the movie. Sorry, Oh, no. But that's it. <laughs> 30-year-old spoiler. <laughs> you would go insane. You yeah. would take your car apart. You would retrace every step. You might even get, like, you know, madness and think that somebody you're friends with stole it. And that's gonna... true. That's true. It would, be, it would be better to not know. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it flooded. Maybe it was in somebody's floorboard. Oh, yeah. Living in Mid-City uh, or in West Lakeview. And uh, the city of New Orleans just, you know, doesn't have power to turn on pumps when everyone knows it's going to rain. And then it uh, flooded their cars. There was hundreds of flooded cars on Saturday morning. Uh, My neighborhood was completely flooded as well, which I found out on the news is because it's attached to the Orleans Parish uh, (laughs) turbine. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, which was great. Good information to have. Um, thankfully I have a driveway and so wasn't that big a deal, Ooh. but yeah, Ooh, I know I am really <laughs> flexing all over this podcast. Season tickets. Yeah. Driveway. Driveway. Ooh, you fancy. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, the whole neighborhood, you could r- drive a Piro, uh, through there on Saturday morning and it's, there's a whole system of these pumps. It is like an amazing engineering feat that we have this infrastructure to be able to pump the water out of the city when it rains and all these kinds of things. And yet the inability to power the system that, which seems like the most basic possible part of this, it'd be like if the pumps were full of concrete, like it's so basic to just turn them on. They can't, Turn the fucking things on. And therefore, all these people's cars flooded, people's homes flooded, etc. It was just a rainstorm. It wasn't a tropical storm. It wasn't a hurricane. It was rain. Just regular rain. That was completely anticipated. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as if it came out of nowhere. There have been times where that's happened. We're like, oh, we thought we were going to get four inches. We got eight. This was exactly what they thought they were going to get. And it caused absolute madness and chaos because we have... No ability to help ourselves. Yeah, and the uh, the solution was there's going to be an app that shows which pumps are active. That Incredible. You, like, what does that do for me? Oh, no. <laughs> Pump H is inactive. I guess I better 
I know. Can I go drive over to pump four? Yeah. Like, no, because <laughs> you can't because it's flooded. Yeah, it was. There were no alert texts sent out to anybody because there shouldn't be an alert. There shouldn't be an alert that hey, it's raining. It's raining. It's raining. Yeah. Uh, Every the most expensive thing you own could be destroyed. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, by the way, uh, it might rain, and therefore uh, your car is ruined. <laughs> like what how did that happen it's like it's not a tropical storm it's not they didn't even do the stupid neutral ground parking thing beforehand uh it's just a debacle and every time they bring that gossip corbin guy in front of the council he's just like i don't know (laughs) the guy who runs sewage waterboard they're like what happened he's like ah things are bad hey man come on and and they're like well is it improving he's like no i think it's getting worse Like all right, well, how much do we owe you? What? How much you get paid? Two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Sounds good. Meanwhile, the mayor's like tweeting out like uh, stuff from her panel presentations while she's in Dubai. I was like, we are flooding of rainstorms over here, and you are in Dubai telling the world how to best protect your city from water. I was like, we're really gonna do this? Is this how stupid our entire elected? processes is how bad all these conventions are and the answer is yeah yeah that's much. it yeah pretty much that's how we're doing it i think oh that's it God. good lord well thanks everyone for listening again please buy a shirt uh email polk and kush at gmail.com or tweet at polk and kush uh we love each and every one of you thank you so very much for staying with us as we record a very late podcast here we'll talk to you next week see ya